Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zanker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. Today is uh, September 8th. Ha, that's amazing. What a great day. It's my birthday. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, sorry, but last week we didn't have a program. Uh, it, it was a long, uh, long weekend here in Canada at the time, and a lot, uh, a lot of stuff was going on on my end. Uh, I had three of my kids move, uh, one from one house to another, and then two of my kids moved out. So there's no children at home. Very, very strange time. Anyway, it's uh, good to be with you this morning, and. Um, I have a really cool program for you today. This was uh, uh, broadcasted a couple weeks back. Um, I was invited to be a guest on as a panel on a panel of uh, three other guests with Sherry Palace of Fireside Creators, and she interviewed us on the topic of what is grace. And I got to chat with two really really good buddies, Paul Gray and Bill Thrasher. Um, Richard Murray uh, was not able to be part of that one. I had hoped he would have. That would have been so cool too. Um, but it was a really good discussion and thought this is something we should probably share here on Still Growing in Grace. Uh, you already know the two of them. You don't know Sherry yet. Uh, I might have shared one of her programs before. I'm sure I did. Um, but uh, this is another one I think you're going to really love. It's a long one. It's an hour long. So uh, if you can't finish it, come back later uh, to finish it up. But uh, I'm going to hit play right away and not uh, waste too much time because the content's what we're here to hear today and I think you'll love it. So let me get to it and hit play. I'll be watching live with you. Uh, so I'll be seeing the comments. Um, feel free to say hello. Tell us where you're watching from and uh, let's enjoy this. Tonight's show is on grace and we have an all-star panel to discuss it. So let me tell you a little bit about them. First, we have Paul Gray. Paul focuses on helping people experience and enjoy God's love without conditions. His message is grace is unconditional. Love is action, continually working all things for good. Paul found that knowing God personally leads to enjoying and experiencing life at a much higher level. He developed Pure Light Walker, an eight-module personal and group mentoring experience. He is the author of Convertible Conversations, The Fishnet Experience, Notes from Papa, and Grace Is. Paul's podcast, Great to All, features weekly interviews the worldwide, with worldwide members of the Grace Ultimate Reconciliation Team. Welcome, Paul. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a privilege. Thank you. I think it's a privilege to have you. So thanks. It's definitely mutual. Good. Good. Our next guest <clears throat> is Mike Zanker. Mike became a pastor in 1990 and has been on the senior pastor of Hope Fellowship Community Church in Waterloo, Ontario since December of 2003. He launched Growing in Grace Ministries in Canada in 06, which is teaching ministry focused on an identity in Christ and understanding forgiveness. 
Mike's life has been a journey of unlearning religion and discovering a greater grace. He serves as a fire department, long-term care, and funeral home chaplain, providing hope, love, and light to all those enduring hard times. Welcome, Mike. Good to have you back. Oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and definitely last but not least, we have Bill Thrasher. Bill is the author of The Jesus Purpose, Born to Die, Created to Live. He lives in Woodstock, Georgia with his wife, Christina, son, Will, daughter, Ashley, and pound puppy, Piper. He hosts Unleashed Com Community Gatherings, is a member of the Marine Corps League, and works with several outreach missions. For the past 20 years, he has rose through the ranks of his commercial audiovisual industry and is currently the Senior Vice President at AV Tech Media Solutions. Bill is a supernaturally gifted roller skater, enjoys attending Georgia Tech football games, listening to great music, watching Marvel movies, playing outdoors, spending quality time with his family, and living this adventure called life. Welcome, Bill. How's it going? <laughs> I, I, you know, you had me at roller skating. Oh, me too. <laughs> when you got it, you got it, right? Yeah, you know, I still have know. mine. I have running shoe roller skates. <laughs> I just glide. It's just, it's supernatural. It really is. I can't it works. It. You know, that, that's, the, that's the kind of crew I want to be with. <laughs> so I was raised in the church <laughs> as an evangelical and in the sorry. of God. So sorry. That's okay. Um, I went to a Christian school for most of my schooling, and yet I knew nothing about grace. I knew about judgment, condemnation, hellfire, and brimstone, but grace only appeared in the song. Um, until a couple years ago, uh, I said that if I get to heaven and I see Hitler, I'm going to be furious. Mm. I thought it was the ultimate form of injustice. If I worked so hard to be a good Christian girl in order to get to heaven and someone so heinous was there too, I wanted nothing to do with it. And then I saw Nadia Bowles Weber speak on grace and she actually used Hitler as an example of God's grace. After some anger, denial, cognitive dissonance, my limited perception of God's love and what unconditional love really means exploded my mind. My box of limited understanding collapsed. In order, in understanding what true, true grace is, it gave me something superior to man to reach for, something beyond my understanding, but pure. Mm -hmm. I removed the boundaries my humanity put on love. Paul, you say that grace is love in action, and I think that's perfect. Can you expand on that? Well, God is love, and excuse me, God uh, continually is working all things for the good. He's continually blessing all of us. Um, I, I love the Passion uh, Translation of Galatians 5.22, which uh, says correctly, in my opinion, that uh, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is God's agape, unconditional love, colon, uh, in all its many expressions, uh, colon there, and then uh, joy, peace, patience. So everything that God does flows from who God is, God's unconditional love. And his, his grace, God's grace, is just simply God's goodness flowing out from God all the time, 
flowing out from in us because that's where God is and then flowing out of us into everyone else. It's just continually in action for a purpose to bless us and to bless other people through us and working towards the ultimate reconciliation of all people. Well, I've said for years that, you know, it's really easy to love when things are good. And when things are bad, it's more difficult. Like if you get run off the road, I, I'm I'm I am a total road rager, right? And it's I could really... never see that. <laughs> but you know, I that is love in action. You know, to not flip off the driver, to not um, yell at your boss <laughs> when they pick someone else over you, and that's that's grace, right? I mean, I've always said love is a verb. But in using that, that's when you accept the grace. Bill, what do you have to say? No, I, I agree with everything that, that Paul says there. And, and grace is this concept that I, I don't know that we as finite humans currently existing in this world of cause and effect, right? We, we can use other words for cause and effect. We can call it karma. You can call it quid pro quo. You can call it any, you know, some of these words. We can't really understand grace. We can only experience it in moments and in, in morsels, if you if, if that's kind of makes sense. Um, grace is such a big concept to try and wrap our hearts around because everything that we have in this, this world is I do this and this is a consequence. And grace is free from that paradigm. It really is. And, and uh, one of the things I wrote down when Paul was talking about is action. Another word for action is energy, right? Mm -hmm. God, energy, these are all synonymous. But there's two types of energy in our, in our you know, world. You have potential energy, which is energy that has not manifested in action yet. And you have kinetic energy, which is energy in flow. And I think that, that grace is the same thing, or love is the same thing, I should say. Energy in flow, or love in flow, is that, that experience, that tidal wave of grace that we can get on our surfboard and ride, you know, but, but potential grace is always there. It's always wrapped up. It's always hidden. It may be shadowed. It may not be exposed yet, but that's the hope we have, right? The hope we have is that all things have been permeated with grace. All things have been permeated with love and it just hasn't manifested into from potential into action or actuality yet. Well, and I think that, I mean, I always say, if you want God there, bring in love. So, right. you know, it, you know, people, atheists like to say, you know, why isn't God saving the, the babies who die? Uh, and I, my retort to that is because it's on us. We are to be there to comfort, to heal. And that's how we walk in God. That's how we walk You're in God. You're become that action. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, some people twist it and use that action for violence. And that's mm -hmm. a lack of grace. That's the judgment. And isn't judgment the antithesis of grace mike it's called, well it's like disgrace <laughs> yeah right so if it ain't grace it's disgrace so i i get all caught up now with with memes or messages i see of people trying to say hey this is what grace actually means and then when they use the word actual they're implying they know more than everyone else mm. so 
I would want to dial it back and, and say, hey, uh, a there's a mystery about understanding what grace is. Where are we getting this word from? Look up its root word. Find out where it's most talked about. And yes, we, we, it's found in the Bible a lot. And even there, there's some great ways to understand what grace is. And the simplest form I've ever seen is grace is a person. Now, people barked on me for saying that. So we'll prove this. Show me in the Bible where it is that. Whatever. Um, but the, the, the essence of everything I see is this uh, kindness is personified. That's, that's really another expression of what grace is. So uh, with that, there is no judgment. So when you got lots of judgment going on, there ain't grace. Well, I think that's why I was never taught about grace because all I was taught about was judgment. Well, yeah, because they're professionals at that. Yeah. I mean, it's a hellfire, brimstone, you're going to hell, Jesus is returning, Armageddon. It's controllable. Um, I mean, even Armageddon is the antithesis of grace, right? Because that means that half of the world is going to be doomed to hell and the other half is going to I mean, that's, that's judgment there too. Well, and I, to simplify, maybe Paul want to chime in on this. I think to simplify, because Paul actually gives us kind of the formula of grace and what is its most root essence opposite, right? Sometimes I think there is uh, really a, a good conversation that flows from understanding the opposite of something. And when you talk about love, the opposite is hate. Oh, no, apathy, no. actually. Fear. Apathy. Fear. Fear is the opposite of love, okay. right? Because perfect love casts out all fear. Okay. Because fear so fear is really the unexpected opposite of love. The opposite of grace, as Paul talks about, maybe both Paul's, um, <laughs> is law. Law is the opposite. of Whenever we put conditions, policy, procedure, anything that brings condemnation and ultimately conviction, legally speaking, right, that is where we, we get into this bind of judgment, just like you said. So it's touched to judgment. Judgment means crisis. It's the, the moment of friction that happens uh, when law and mercy are, are, are or condemnation and mercy are, are pitted against each other. And, and we have to choose what do we believe God is rooted in, fear or love, law or grace. And these are the, these are the opportunities we have to kind of shake this out. You, you guys have uh, said different things that, that remind, I can give you the definition of grace in one word. Squirrel. <laughs> do you have ADHD? When I was uh, uh, when I was in Sunday school, you know, and I, I had I might have you beat Mike. I don't know. I had 18 years perfect attendance in our our abomination that was expected. But uh, at any rate, uh, you know, one day I was like in the fifth or sixth grade or something like that. And a teacher said, well, we're, you know, just got the flannel grant and everything. And she says, we're, we're going to do a, an object lesson today. And she says, OK, kids, uh, you know, what's what's about, you know, 14, 16 inches long. Uh, it's kind of reddish brown. It's got a long tail, four little feet. Uh, it's brownish red. It, it stores up uh, nuts in the winter. Uh, what is that? And I raised my hand. She called on me and said, what is it? And I said, well, it's Jesus. I mean, every question you ask, the answer is Jesus. I mean, it sounds like a squirrel, but it's Jesus. So grace is a squirrel. Grace is Jesus <laughs> personified who is in us. You, you, you look at Jesus' actions and what he's like. Look at all the nuts he collected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at, look at, look at his actions and the, <laughs> look at his actions and the way he lived. I mean, uh, Jesus 
to me, Jesus is grace. Now, I, I can I can give you scripture references uh, for that, but uh, I'm not into that anymore. So uh, I, I, that'll cost extra, but uh, with my tip <laughs> jar. But uh, uh, you know, Jesus is grace personified. There's no I condemnation. Even, There's no condemnation, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I even uh, today, I, I, I call the Father, Papa, I call Jesus, Jesus. And these days I, I call the Holy Spirit grace. The Holy Spirit of Jesus is in us. And, uh, you know, I like to call her grace. So I, she hadn't slapped me yet for that. So, <laughs> Well, grace wouldn't slap you, right? Isn't that the whole point? <laughs> right, right. Have I opened up a, several can of worms already? <laughs> well, I want to follow up with the squirrel because I've actually used the squirrel as a metaphor throughout my life. Whenever I was really afraid, um, I would think that even the squirrels are provided for, everything will work out. Yeah. Um, and that is one thing. I mean, I don't see how you tied the squirrel in with Jesus, but I'll let you run with that. <laughs> I wanted to follow up with what Bill said though, because it is, if you're, I mean, that is what Jesus said, was that, that you to have love instead of law. Yeah. Yeah, and, and every time you guys say squirrel, all I can think is the movie Up, and I just want to go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, distraction. <laughs> it's just a squirrel. <laughs> Maybe no. we'll find out a little bit what that meant. Mike thought we were. Once we start to understand that grace, getting mildly, is is this person Jesus? Then, you know, not the. Not to not to make people feel so uncomfortable with. Uh, I mean, you're talking to three Jesus guys. You just are. I know these two gentlemen very well, and and we just see that this embodiment, this incarnation of what we see as perfect love, right, reveals something about this cosmos and and about who we are and who God is all simultaneously. And if that if that's true, that that this image of God is on a cross, right, and forgiving all humanity, drawing all creation into himself, never counting trespasses against anyone ever. And that is the essence of love. That is the essence of action to love, grace. Then, I mean, what else could we want more could we want in, in our understanding of what we define as God, like loosely define as God, using that word or any other word, right? I heard, a, I heard a guy named Judah Smith. Uh, he said, grace is illogical. It's counterintuitive. Can't be contextualized. <laughs> that, that, that's brilliant. Just, just so we don't get hung up on a narrow box definition. I think the mystery of grace points to a greater love mm -hmm. and a greater exception and inclusion of all humanity. Yeah. Well, and that's when Nadia Bowles-Weber was talking about with Hitler. Mm -hmm. And she said that that powerful of grace would see the pain, would see mm -hmm. the atrocities that made him the way he was, um, like a mother to their child, you know, forgiving and loving and trying to heal. And like I said, that concept was completely foreign to me. I, you know, I had lived with if Hitler's there, I'm going to be pissed. But when she laid it out that way to say this is beyond your understanding and that's the point, that did blow the box up for me. Yeah. That was like, you know, all of a sudden, all of my judgment um, was needed to be examined because, you know, if it's my judgment, that doesn't mean that it's holy judgment. That doesn't mean it's righteous judgment. It's my human judgment. And 
terrorism is in the eye of the beholder, hurt is in the eye, you know, all of those things. But when you have grace, it is beyond those things. And I think that I needed something more superior to man because that's all I was ever yeah. compared to with God. It was, you know, oh, this and that. It's like I, that that God isn't superior to me. The I was grace, told, I was told, grace is is a prayer. You say yeah. it before you eat. No, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, 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 mentor, say grace? my mentor, uh, who was a, a navigator for like 50 some odd years. And, and he was a wonderful guy and his heart was right. He's a wonderful guy, but he taught me, uh, back when, before I, uh, understood at least a little bit of what grace was like. He had this thing called the wheel of grace and, uh, the, the rim of the wheel, uh, was grace. And it had like four or five spokes in it. And each one of those spokes was, a way you get grace. One of them was prayer. One of them was fasting. One of them was service. And if you want grace, here's how you do it. And I, you know, I, I, I uh, in the title of, uh, of uh, what you said, uh, Sherrod and I, what we're talking about, you know, what is grace and how do you do it? Well, <clears throat> Uh, you don't do it. <laughs> you you can't do it. You can't get it. Uh, you can't earn it. You can't achieve it. Um, the only doing it, uh, at least from my perspective, is Christ in me doing it as me. Because uh, in in my mind, in my uh, uh, natural temperament, uh, I would tend to be like you talked about uh, uh, when somebody cuts me off in traffic. Uh, it's it's only Christ in me and God's grace that uh, gives me the um, ability. Holds you back. It holds you back. <laughs> gives me the supernatural ability, like Bill's roller skating. Gives me the supernatural ability to go. Okay, uh, it, I'm not in that big a hurry. There's uh, who knows what kind of kind of day that person has had. Uh, whatever. Uh, life's way too short to, uh, uh, get my blood pressure up 50 points, uh, because somebody cut me off in traffic. Now that that's what Jesus does as me. Occasionally it, it seems like Jesus takes a coffee break. Uh, and in those times, that's all, that's all, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he, he really doesn't. It just seems like it to me. <laughs> So no, I, what do you mean you can't get it? What is that? What do you mean you can't get grace and you can't do grace? I mean, when I when I say I'm doing grace, it means that I'm really trying to act in a in a in a method of grace. I don't want to say graceful because I'm a klutz, but it's, you know, when I'm trying to act in grace, when I'm trying to act in love, even in difficult situations, I think I'm doing grace. Then are you saying I'm not? How, what do you mean? I don't by think that? you can. And not to cut, take words out of your mouth, you can't do grace. You have to be grace. Okay. Does that make sense? That so does make sense. Any, anything we attach as a do, right, is just do do. <laughs> Mike and I are, we, we have the same. <laughs> yeah. So it is. It's If we're efforting for anything, if we feel that it's a burden, even to our, our bodies, our minds, our soul, anything, now, I'm not saying work. It's different between, like, you know, doing something. Like, we there's action. I don't want us to take action out of it. The spirit, the intent behind of it should be effortless, full of those spirit things that Paul talked about that are, you know, burst forth from love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, you know, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. There are no law against these things, right? That means it's total grace. We, when you're just, when you um, effortlessly respond and you don't even feel like you're doing anything, but that action is flowing effortlessly and you're like, what? Why am I giving the coat off my back to somebody trying to rob me? That makes no logical, reasonable sense. In fact, that's that's what I get a term I love. Robert Capon uses vulgar. It's vulgar grace. Hitler in heaven is a vulgar idea. That's the essence of grace, and it's it's shocking. It's honestly, it makes you feel a little not not cool about things because. So, what does that reveal then? If that's not cool for you, if Hitler's in heaven. Was that what's yeah. going on? Like, like, I, I am so much better. <laughs> yeah, it's full ego. And then it's oh, full what? on ego. Yeah, yeah. It's full I tell ego. you what, if, if, uh, and my concept of heaven has changed too, but uh, <laughs> when I get to heaven, if Hitler's not there, I'm going to be really disappointed in God. <laughs> I mean, the God well, see, I that know would have rocked me five years yeah. ago. Yeah. And now it's like, I get it. I get it because yeah. that is the expansive grace. It's the grace that I want to tap into. It's knowing yeah. that I don't know all. So Sherry, uh, that just reveals something to you and your guests and to everyone that there is a journey of growing each step and we're not done it. So five years ago, you had a hard time with it, but today there's a softness towards that, um, you're going to probably have a lot more mercy to somebody who is you five years ago that you meet today, because you'll say, I have, I've been on the journey. You're not going to be as harsh with them. You're going to actually show grace. You'll oh, actually Christ in them, even in their, the worst of them. And that, that messes you up when you see your enemy, again, getting into these things that, you know, you, you all of a sudden start seeing how Jesus said things from a different angle and you see Christ in them even in their their really bad space i mean it's that 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 toys with your heart that toys with your head and all of a sudden you have compassion and you have empathy and you have a desire to see them redeemed and restored to their true identity in christ what did what did richard murray say he had a post about that he said he's starting to see the face of jesus and those who are confronting him or um arguing against him did you see that post yeah it's just yeah. A, like a one sentence it's like Wow, that it, uh, it means your heart is changing to being who you actually already are, but there's a lot of clutter in the way. So it's kind of yeah, cool. That's uh, my current understanding. That's the telltale sign that you are growing in grace. You're starting to see Christ in everybody, uh, uh, no matter what they uh, look like, act like, feel what their beliefs are, uh, what their sexual orientation is what uh, politics when you when you can when you begin to see christ in everybody uh, that's a sure sign that um well i don't know exactly it's it's a good sign <laughs> well, do, you, do you ever get excited like that happens to me once in a while i, I this this grace hits me that I didn't ask for the grace to hit me, but suddenly there was a gracious response to somebody. And I was excited afterwards thinking, why, where did that come from? That was cool. <laughs> oh man, yeah. you're good at what you do. You know, it's like, yeah. it's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. You can't plan it. You can't organize it. And I think Sherry, you were talking about this at the very beginning. How do we do grace? You can't. Grace lives in and wants to outflow out of us. It's like telling a peach tree to grow peach. 
Do you, do you, in the middle of the night when it's all foggy, do you hear the tree going, trying to squeeze out a peach? No. It, well, in my teenage years, I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the, one of the words that we've, uh, one of the words that we've tossed around some is, is religion. And that, that obviously can mean a lot of things to different people. Uh, to me, religion means any uh, attempt on our part to gain or maintain a right relationship with God. Mm. And uh, so if, if we're trying to do grace in order to get brownie points with God or to prove that we're a, quote, good Christian, unquote, or to try to be like Christ or whatever, if, if we're trying to do that, then it's not grace. It, it's, it's religion. It's us trying <laughs> uh, to do something to uh, gain or main, and or maintain a right relationship with God when, in fact, in truth, we were given that right relationship with God by grace before the beginning of time. Right. Uh, yeah, Ephesians 1 specifically says, because of God's great love and his grace, he included us in Christ before the beginning of time. So all by his love and grace. So uh, anytime we try to get what we already have, then we're working at it. And and that's why uh, I said, uh, you know, up front, if you're trying to do grace, uh, you know, it's not grace. Now, uh, I don't know if that makes any sense. Okay, let me, let me stop you there because I'm a little bit confused. So again, I wanted to have this show because I don't know. <laughs> okay, so let me just make that clear. I, I really wanted to learn from you guys. So I had a situation um, that was a very difficult situation and I needed to reach out to someone who I don't like. And in order to communicate with her, I needed to step back and say, how can I approach this with love? It's a very difficult situation. It's a legal issue on top of it. Mm -hmm. And how can I do this? And I thought if I was in this situation, I would want grace on me. And so this is the way that I'm going to practice grace. I'm going to tell her everything that needs to happen. I'm going to assure her that this is what's going to happen. And if not, this is going to be the consequences. But a heads up, this is what's happening. That was the most grace I could muster um, <laughs> in such a situation. Poor girl. So doesn't that mean that I was doing grace? I mean, when I'm trying to embody grace and I'm trying to live according to grace, isn't that doing grace? I can, I be, can I be a bad guy? Sure. No. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to answer that. Tell me why. I mean, Here's what we do, and it's, I, listen, I think as humans, this is why grace is so difficult, and it is, because I don't do it very well all the time, do it, right? Not fair. Yeah. Do it very well all the time. Anytime we put a stipulation, you said it was a legal matter, and this is what's going to happen if you do something, and I had to put boundaries, and we put bindings, bindings <laughs> is another word for religion, we do law, that's what we do, all of us, okay. all the time, we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Call it the tree of law, call it the tree of morality, call it the tree of ethics, call it whatever you want. That's what we do. That's not who we are. Okay. Our essence isn't, isn't that. A two-year-old doesn't, doesn't demand you. Well, that's probably a bad example. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> right? Grace. Grace is the one that sacrifices itself to a point that you just go, no, don't, that you can't, 
No, Jesus, don't lay down your life for everybody. I mean, no. I mean, lay her down your life for good people. Or, you That's know. That's not what Jesus did, though. Jesus no, exactly. Was... He didn't. He did it for everybody, right? Yeah. Don't You don't take somebody who's sticking you up and saying, give me your money, give me your wallet, give me everything, go, sure, here's my wallet. And while I'm at it, here's my coat, here's my ATM, here's my PIN number. Um, why don't you come over and actually hang out in my house, eat all my food, let me let me love you the way you were meant to be loved. Mm. Let me show you a place in a life that you don't even know you deserve because I believe that you are worth it. Okay, pause, everything. pause, 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 pause. Yeah. You just said it, that you do not deserve. You haven't spring earned that. Spring on, spring on that because you just well, know. Well, deserve is probably the wrong word. You haven't earned. I no, it's good. It's, it, somebody's asking. Yeah. Deserved with your efforts. But you do deserve it by your identity of humanity and divinity that is intertwined within you as a person, as a, as a life that matters. Okay, so let's build on that analogy. Someone is holding me up. They have a gun to me. I'm not supposed to just lay down, even though it's supposed to turn the other cheek. You have but, four of them. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I was... I don't even know the right word. If I was living in grace, I would say, let's go to have a meal. I would want to give him a hug. I mean, how? No? It doesn't make sense, does it? No. That's it why, doesn't. like I said, this whole grace thing is Nothing like, logical about it. There is just okay. nothing logical about it. In fact, Paul said it is foolish to the logic thinker, to the Greek, and he says it's it's a stumbling block to the religious, right? Or it's it's basically a hang-up to anybody who practices legalism or religion. Mm -hmm. Grace will, if you try to process it logically, you'll fail. If you try to practice it as some form of holiness, you'll fail. It's not. It's something bigger than both those concepts. If and that's we, what makes it godly, right? Say that again? That's what makes it godly. Which? Got grace. It's bigger than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Because here's the other part. You talked. Bill was talking about being grace. Uh, I'm going to read a, a Bible verse, if that's okay. Um, but it's a good one. It's one that when I first saw this a number of years ago, and somebody made me read it like extra slow, it drove me nuts. But in, uh, I think it's Romans 5, verse 2, it says, Through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. Okay. This grace is a specific grace and the great, that grace is a person. We have been placed into Christ already. We don't realize that we have the capacity for that insane, irrational grace. Yeah. So you're talking about an irrational grace and I don't want to spend too much time on those specific scenarios, but somebody just yeah. asked what's grace to the, to the non churched world. Like, what is that? Like unmerited favor is a good way to see it. You know, we're getting, we're getting, um, uh, we're talking about grace uh, clearly from a a, um, a kind of a spiritual place, which is what the show is about. There's a spirituality here that's important. Um, but even in the world, I, I do funerals. Let's say, okay, I see grace happening all the time with the extra kindness being shown to those who are grieving. That is grace. You want a practical application? Right there. You be kind. Um, those kinds of things. I think that's a, a neat direction yeah. to help. Yeah, there was, there was, I agree. There was just someone just supposed to describe grace for those who aren't Christians. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, I pretty much uh, see examples of grace in those who aren't Christians. And many times people who call themselves Christians are the most judgmental, yeah. least graceful people <laughs> I have ever encountered. Um, so uh, that, that might blow up some people's uh, screens, but I want to go, I want to go back to every week. We do it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I want to go back to that original question. You know, what, what do you do when, uh, when somebody uh, wrongs you when, when uh, all of that kind of stuff? Uh, I, I have a, I have another very simple um, answer for that. This, this is just for me, uh, and I'm not saying it's easy, but it's very simple. I, I'm learning to just take a deep breath, peace who lives in me. What do you want me to do right now? Mm. What do you want me to say? And then just, I, I use the acrostic stop, S-T-O-P. For me, it's simply take off Paul and listen to grace in me. What, what do you... You know, sometimes I'll hear, run like hell, you know, get out of here. Or sometimes it's give them a hug. Whatever it is, if I try to do grace to that person that's uh, treating me rudely or hurting me or whatever, <clears throat> most of the time I'm going to, the outcome's not going to be good. If I, and I'm not telling you I do this 100% of the time, but uh, it's, here's my goal, and here's what I, I try to do, is I stop and I just listen to grace in me. So what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? And, you know, somebody's got a, a thing up right now. I think we need to be careful, especially in the situations of sexual assault here. Well, of course we do. We, we need to, uh, we never excuse uh, uh, behavior that hurts people. I mean, we don't excuse that. Uh, we don't. We don't condone that. And at least what what I'm seeing with my current understanding of grace is the the Holy Spirit knows what's going on in that other person's life. Uh, knows what's going on in the whole situation with everything. We have the mind of Christ in us. I mean, I, I mean, it says that in your book. Uh, we have the mind of, of Christ in us. It says in your book in, in uh, 1 Corinthians one thirty that Christ is our wisdom. So if we want to know what to do, uh, rather than trying to come up with what to do on ourselves uh, by ourselves, is uh, ask ask Christ in you, grace in you. What do you want me to do right now? And then do that. That's what obedience is. We've been taught that obedience is following rules. Obedience is doing whatever grace, the Holy Spirit in you, asks you to do in any given moment for any specific uh, person. That we, we've been talking about God is good. Well, there there are two um, there are two Greek words uh, for good. Uh, there's at least one, probably more Hebrew word uh, for good, but they all mean goodness or kindness they can be translated uh, either way kindness is goodness in action you can be a good person but uh, if you have the ability to meet somebody's need where it's at if you have that ability uh, and don't do it you may be good but you're not being kind kindness is taking the ability that you have and giving it to uh, a person uh, who's in need, even when they don't deserve it, because, uh, you know, I won't go into the deserve thing, but, uh, you know, the, the you know, it, it could be 
you know, it could be, you know, somebody who's, you know, comes around a corner after I get out of a restaurant and puts a, a gun in my face and, and wants my wallet. It could be that person's uh, mom or wife is dying because they don't have enough money to uh, do whatever. And the Holy Spirit might say, give them your billfold. You know, it's only money. You got more money. <laughs> I mean, and I'll give you more money. Uh, give it. Now that I mean, that's a that's a stark example. But I I'm just learning. And again, I'm not saying I have arrived or uh, by any means or that I do this every time. But I have found that uh, it never fails. Mm. So can I, can I jump in for a sec? Yeah, of course. You talked about kindness and good, and you tied it to a situation. I think we we can get run off the rails real quick if we talk about a situation like being held up with a gun. Now we're setting a new precedent, a new law, a new principle of how we're supposed to act. Now we got goofy religious people giving in in a yeah. really weird way, creating harmful situations. Correct. Um, it's like a sexual assault. Like. I was sexually assaulted. We talked about this in a program on, on forgiveness not too long ago. I think Anna. Is Anna the one that was in our group? Yeah. Yes. Hi, Anna. <laughs> so in that situation, she can be good and kind, but she can um, kindly take that person to court and sue their donkey off. You know, like hold them accountable. There's a way to do this, forgiving them and be gracious and hold them accountable in public. There's a disconnect in churchianity that says, hey, you can't mix those two. Oh, yes, you can. And maybe we don't know exactly how, but if we set a precedent, here's how you're supposed to act in certain situations, we've yeah. become a new legalistic flow. We've created law. We've yes. Created law. And here's, here's the twist. I saw that happening in the discussion. I want to make sure. Yeah, I think Mike nailed it. And I think this is the twist of grace, which again, it's, a, it, it's so irrational and, and bass backwards. It really is. It just, it, 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 it fools with our minds in some ways. Because the second we think we have it, 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 it'll pivot on us and move and, and that's okay. It's, it's a dancer, right? It's, it's always in motion. And the, the, the thing about grace that just so aggravating, <laughs> I mean that in the most wonderful of ways is that grace, what makes us who we really are law in any way, any shape, any form, even if we think it's the best thing for our, our, our mind, right? If we think, don't murder, don't murder, don't murder, don't murder, eh, I've never murdered. We're actually setting the bar so low in our being that we don't really understand that anger in our heart mm, yeah. is the same thing as murder. Well, we Jesus called it out the storm of the mouth. In other words, we missed the point that grace in one moment says, give them your wallet. Grace in another moment says, protect your wife. Grace doesn't do one thing. Grace is, is dynamic and Ooh, uh, totally spastic in the most beautiful way. And it doesn't look religious. Yeah. No. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, and thank you for clarifying that. I, um, yeah. So to tie into the show there are with the one that you were on Mike on forgiveness, grace is what forgives, right? Yes. And forgiveness does not mean a bunch of other things too. I think yeah. it's these terms that have to be better defined because we attach religious definitions to them and the religious definitions are legalistic. They bind you. So now you don't have room to think for yourself or see more hope-filled perspectives. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking I should send Anna a link and get her on the show since she has so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> If she no, fits in, bring her in. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, you know, forgiveness, just like Mike said, we, we tend to tie this so much, again, against conditions. And I want, you know, I want to kind of pull it back to that. And, and it's so difficult for us as humans. And so this is the, this is the paradox, because I think that's the word we all need to rest in, is paradox. Is on one hand, we are, again, existent. We are physically bound into a world of law. Whether we like it or not, there's physical laws. If I go jump off a two-story building, I'm going to break my legs, more than likely. The law of gravity going to bring me down. But in God's kingdom, the, the quantum realm, the, the ether, the space between spaces, what the love that exists that binds all creation together, those laws don't apply the same way. There's a transcendency there that says, listen, forgiveness inside of the fixed realm isn't, isn't indicative of what's going on in the greater realm that is taking this tapestry of madness and wave, weaving it together into to a, a mosaic of beauty right and so i think we have to be comfortable enough to rest in the paradox sometimes mm-hmm. and realize that you can't box this in sometimes it, we want an answer and sometimes the answer isn't articulatable so, so people try to say that grace is a license to sin yeah. right that's oh. a typical response that oh you're, you're, you're saying free grace we're under grace that means i can do whatever i want well Honestly, you can't. My question is, do you know who you are? Right? That's a big one. So grace is not the permission slip to do wrong. It's the freedom to do all that is right. And so even, even I forget where it says, but true grace leads us to deny ungodliness. Like real grace will say no to the hurtful things. That That's the purest opposite i've seen like uh, i don't know it's not as complicated as we think and like whoever was who just wrote michelle said we're trying to define grace like we're trying to define god it's it's a mystery it's a it's a huge map you know it's not a singular thing yeah yeah for sure Well, we're all coming from a human perspective which puts you know boxes on everything you know, from birth, basically, we put boxes on and, and we rely on our own understanding. I um, I know this is a, a hot button issue, but it's something that really resonated with me. Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden thought that he was righteous. Mm-hmm. Osama bin Laden thought he was protecting his people. Osama bin Laden was retaliating, retaliating for everything that the Americans has ever done. He really felt in the name of God that mm-hmm. he was righteous. As Americans, we disagree, of course, right? So w- what is righteous? I'm Canadian. Okay, sorry. 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 I forgot. It's always an international show. <laughs> but yes, but sorry. I mean, as an American, it, it's to, to not detach myself, you know, and say, no, he was wrong. He was wrong. We're right. Grace comes in on that and says, you know, that's where grace comes in and says, it's leave it not up to your own understanding. This is not beyond, you know, he thought he was righteous. You think you were righteous. Grace brings everything together. Right. Well, you, I think you just kind of nailed something hard because he was living under a belief of who he thought God was. Yeah. And it was an incomplete concept. And so was mine. All of our concepts of who we think God is, is incomplete. Um, When the religious world 
is uh, caught up in defining and being the determinators of who God is, um, they start a denomination uh, or yeah. a movement, right? Yeah. So it's happened. So when we make fun of Osama and see him as unrighteous and terrible thing, how can you do that? You know, even his faith is so awful. Wait a minute. Your judgment that you are producing onto him, you're doing the exact same thing. You have exactly. done a judgment. So um, this comes back to this whole idea of grace, that when the true grace of Christ that is in us already, when it starts to come out in a way that we can't even see come and go, what is going on? And some people may even say, well, you're actually becoming a nice person, all that <laughs> stuff, right? You know, when that starts oh, to happen, good. your perspective begins to change because grace changes your eyesight. That's right. Mm. Yeah, Osama bin Laden is a beloved child of God made in the image of perfect love who was so alienated and confused by the baggage and burdens of his upbringing that he was so lost that he felt the need to, to hurt others out of fear, right? For God. But when perfect love casts out fear, then we can only then start operating from that beingness of grace. We can't fear any situation that, that, that we may be in. And that's very unnatural to our mortality, our, 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 our flesh. You want to call that our carnal nature, whatever you want to say. Ego, we, sure. Or ego, right? When, when we realize that there is, I mean, Paul said it, you know, oh, death, oh, death, where's your sting, right? He, he embraced death, as weird as that sounds. All the, all the disciples did. I mean, all these guys were, except John, and even then, they were brutally martyred, right? Mm -hmm. And yet they forgave every single one of the people that were doing to that as they were dying, just as Christ did. That's how this message of, of Christianity, pure Christianity, not culture. Christian, not the Christian religion. Not the religion that we see today, but that the very earliest church had. It wasn't built by wars and conquerors. It was built by 12 guys or 15 guys who basically laid down their life and said, I love you as their murderers killed them. That's radical. That's very radical. Oh, wait, um, if you're rational, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to judge, right? That's why we do it all the time. It's so easy to judge. It's so easy to hate, um, you know, you really have to have conscious thought in order to love and to be kind and to be compassionate because it's just not innate in us, unfortunately. But uh, it I, is. But it is. That's oh. the that's the twist. It is. Wow. Okay. So much baggage on top of it, and and that's the what oh. great does. Wow, that's good. It plants that seed, and then you realize that this, that well, as Jesus said, the well of living water is in you, and you pop that cork. And all of a sudden, it just starts taking over, and you do things that you're like, "That that doesn't make. Why am I doing this? This this person hates me, or I, I hate this person. I shouldn't do this. This <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. I've given them seven times, and they screwed me over seven times. But I'm going to let them screw me over seventy times, seventy times, because that's what grace does, and it doesn't make any darn sense. Okay, so how do you walk in grace and not be a doormat? Whew, that's tough. That's a tough one. I think your um, your background of definitions hinders that. Um, I think, uh, and I'll uh, I gotta be careful who I use as an example. 
So there are some more pacifistic denominations that uh, are, are trained to be doormats and roll over. Um, you know, you're, they won't fight. They won't do anything, whatever it is. And they mean what, they, what they're saying. Um, but the doormat mentality could actually show an incomplete picture or belief of who you really are. Yeah. Right. You said something, Bill, just a second. I'm going to, can I bring up a Brad, uh, sorry, a David Hayward cartoon he just posted today? Sure. Uh, In light of what, what Bill just said, says the best healing is when you realize you're not broken and don't need fixing. Uh I thought, holy, this is a back to identity. That's back to grace, the grace that's in you. Sorry. That was just, I couldn't help that. It was just so cool. Yeah. Well, somebody just, just posted, you know, uh, somebody else said, uh, even a wretch like me. And somebody else said, you're, you're not a wretch. You weren't born a wretch. We weren't born wretches. I mean, I mean, right. bad uh, theology we, and a good song. Son, wow. I changed it to son, but you can say daughter or child. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, well, when I sing that song, I say, saved a wretch, like, and I use the mic- microphone like you, I mean me. Back to your doormat comment. I think that is, I think it is a tough one. And, and what we have to do is we have to grow in our own identity first. And sometimes mm-hmm. there's going to be seasons of that. I think that's the, the other part of grace that I think can get people out of sorts is the idea of impatience. <laughs> um, there are seasons, and this is going to sound crazy, um, maybe even in this group, and I don't mean it to, but I needed the evangelical church in my life, personally, me, for season. I did. I, know, sure. I, I have grace for that, for me now, looking back at that kid yeah. who needed that season of structure and binding and protection to walk through some things that I wasn't ready for yet. Um, I think as we grow in grace, there are seasons where we need protection. We need to be introspective and we need to cast out things that are hurtful or harmful and be in, protect ourselves from situations where we can be harmed, create boundaries, create borders, put on bindings for seasons, just like an AA, AA member would. They go and they, they become religious, bound to the process of the 12 steps. It's when that become legalized, and that's all you are defined as forever. I'm an addict. No, you're not an addict. Yeah. You are a beloved, free child of God who suffered from a brokenness, a sickness for a season. And my belief is that in the fullness of time, that's key. Maybe not in this realm completely. You will be completely freed from that false identity. And be brought into the true identity of who you are. You're not an addict. You are a beautiful child of God. But you don't become a doormat at, until you have maturated. And this sounds crazy, I know. To a point that that abuse on you is no longer defining of who you really are. And the only reason I say it like that is because that's the image that Jesus showed me. At some point, he did become the doormat. And in, in becoming the doormat... He showed a love and a beauty there that that has literally changed all of creation, in my opinion. And and that that doesn't again, it doesn't make sense. He was so secure in his identity, though, it did, it didn't affect him like it does someone who's not there yet. Does that make sense? I don't want that to come across. Well, even brutal. he protested. Even he said, "God, are you going to make me do this? Really? You're going to make me do this?" Yeah. You know. So, but I think that 
one of the key elements in all of this is the lack of, of love for yourself, right? It's always mm -hmm. love others as you love yourself, but if you can't love yourself, then you can't love others. So I think that grace has to be a part of what we give ourselves, right? Absolutely. I mean, I've had to forgive myself for so many things, uh, forgive others for things. And I think without that grace, I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We have to, you have to start with, with grace for yourself. Yeah. Yep. Well, I just I came across a definition I have loved for years. It comes from Paul Anderson Walsh in England. Uh, he defines grace in an acronym uh, that goes God's ridiculous agape captivating everyone. Mm -hmm. Basically grace wins, love wins. And if we, when we wake up to the reality that we're captivated by his love, grace begins to take root in a more practical awareness and then begins the journey of maturing in us. So I think it's pretty exciting. I think it gives us something to strive for. Sure. Or, yeah. Cause there's a maturity level, or, like or striving, in. striving not to, <laughs> what was that Bill? Or rest in. Rest yeah. in. That's the core. <laughs> grace is not a, an effort, self effort. Of trying to achieve something but rather there's the effort of trusting christ in us if you're going to put effort into something put it into the work of trusting jesus in you that's the work um it doesn't mean we sit around and, so when's this grace gonna come i'm gonna eat some potato chips and once it comes i might recognize it that's not what it's not like that at all <laughs> grace I, is I, in I us affected by that <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's an active involvement and participation yeah. Just like the Trinity is a participatory relationship, we're included in that. And that's, to me, the glue of grace. Yeah, do you have to work to love your children? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, not. not <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I, I got a 16 and an 18 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. When they're younger, here we go. <laughs> I mean, but in reality, you never, you, you never, you don't have to try to love them, to like them. You have to try. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Healthy, and I say, I say this in all seriousness. Healthy people don't have to effort loving their children. Healthy people don't have to effort to do things for their children. Where I, I mentioned right before, we're about to move my son to uh, down near uh, uh, Sherry for um, for college. He's eighteen. He's going to USF, and um, my wife, I love her to death, but she gets a little carried away sometimes with these opportunities to get this and. He needs a caddy for his his shower, and oh, he needs this, and he needs this, and she just—that's grace. It's just this effortless overflow of hyper abounding joy and favor and provision and whatever, because she just can't help herself. And that's what God does to us first, and then when we start to reflect who we are, which is just like Him, we start to do that for others. And it's easy for the people that we effortlessly love. But the more people we begin to effortlessly love, the more people we do that for. And it's funny, that's the thing that actually makes them do the same thing. It's not condemning them, saying, you need to get right with God. You need to, you need to buy people more stuff and you need to. No, it's the opposite. It's the effortless. Hey, I love you. Here, I bought you a coffee today. I don't know you. I know. And then they do that. It, it sounds, but that's the, that's what, and if we as a, community of believers in Christ and, and beyond that, unbelievers, it doesn't matter who you are, begin to respond to people in that way, 
it, it happens. But the second we try to legalize it, put a law on it, put a stamp on it, and hold people accountable against it, we ruin it. Yeah. That doesn't make sense because that's what we as humans do and want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It it's definitely shows our humanity. And that's and here's the here's the twist. That's okay too. Yeah. We're here for that. We're it's here okay. for a human experience. Right? So when we screw it up, Grace is still there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are at the top of the hour. Um, that flew by and I can't wait to continue this conversation in VIP. I want to thank you gentlemen so much, by the way, this is the first time that we've had an all male panel. So I want to thank you so much for being here. I see a, I see a female there. Well, I'm not the panel. I'm the I host. guess these days you can't ask. You're the panel. I'm the hostess. So but David made sure David, the link will appear in, in uh, fireside VIP in about two minutes. So you'll be able to link in there. Anna, definitely jump over. I'd love to talk to you. Um, but I'm going to send you guys backstage. Thank you so very much. First, I want to uh, walk through. Paul, do you have uh, any final thoughts or where can people find you? Well, I'm uh, all over Facebook and uh, you can, uh, uh, I have a podcast called uh, Grace with Paul Gray, which I've interviewed both of these uh, friends on. And uh you know, it's wherever you get podcasts, uh, Grace with Paul Gray, appropriate for, um, no, it's called Grace to All That's <laughs> with right. Paul Gray. Grace <laughs> to All with Paul Gray. Yeah, my books are on uh, uh, on Amazon, and uh, I'd love to connect with people. Thank you. Bill? Yeah, uh, my name's uh, Bill Thrasher. You can find me again mostly on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I don't post there nearly as often. Um uh, I run a, a community there, private group, a safe group uh, called the Jesus Purpose Community. Um, I, I don't hold back there uh, at all, but it is a it is a Jesus focused uh, group where we we just challenge the status quo and we talk about topics just like this all the time, mostly in written, you know, in in, in the Facebook posting kind of form. Fantastic, Mike. Uh, all I'd say is, uh, the easiest is look up Michael Zenker on uh, YouTube and you'll hear my weekly Sunday church services that are actually kind of okay. Um, and then, uh, I do a weekly program called still growing in grace cause we're still all growing grace. No one's arrived. And we just talk through the topics like you are here. Um, which is great. Cause I think the more we have great conversations like this, the more fun it is. So that's the easiest place. I love this show and I love you guys for showing. I, I got I to gotta pose this up because this I just think is absolutely hilarious. I'm an honorary man today. Hey, <laughs> I saw that. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, man, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed that. It was, again, really fun listening and watching with you. I see a number of you are watching online. And uh, just to, to see and hear um, the conversation again, like it could go in so many directions. We need another grace conference type thing just to, again, tackle uh, all the spokes in the wheel of what is grace. I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. So let's say hello to a few folks. We got uh, Sandra in the UK watching uh, Linda down in Walsburg. Hey, Linda and Jim down in Windsor. Woohoo. Uh, Marianne in uh, Australia. You're just heading to bed now, I think. Right. Yes. Um, fantastic. 
listen, this has been a lot of fun, and it's it's been a whole hour, and uh, I could have just kept listening. It's been great stuff. So we're looking forward to having more. Um, next week, we might continue the uh, series on heaven. What is heaven? We might do a quick detour. Uh, you never know what happens with the topics, but I'm going to connect with uh, Richard and Bill. Uh, otherwise, I've got some uh, Marianne, Marianne and Andre Rabe interviews to share with you, and I'm hoping to record a bunch more interviews soon. Uh, stay tuned to, I'm working on a conference idea on healing life's hurts through understanding forgiveness and having a panel of uh, people speak to the topic from their perspectives. Uh, I've done a series uh, over and over again on that topic, and it's more of a, a teaching uh, course almost. But this conference, I want to expand and have different teachers share from their lens and Marianne and Andre Rabe have already agreed to say and said yes, they'd like to be part of that. And I'm reaching out to a few other people as well. And hopefully we can have something by uh, mid to end of November, have an online event. Stay tuned for that. I'm, I'm saying it to force myself to get going on this too. Uh, so hold me accountable. Uh, I want to get this rolling. So that's all I got for today. You guys have a fantastic day and uh, we will catch you next week. Thanks for watching. Share if you like this and uh, we'll catch you next time. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.